0: Well, welcome to Church Project. Today started out a little, a little different than, than normal, and, and uh, so I just want to welcome you if you're a first-time guest. Uh, we hold the Bible in high regard, and so if you do not have a Bible, we want to give you one. Uh, there's one over on the lamp or on the, the book cart thing over there or on that side, and if you would, open it up to page 560, or if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew uh, chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verse 11. Typically what we do is we go through that church project through an entire book. We go verse by verse, expository teaching through an entire book. Uh, We took two and a half years for the book of Luke to get through. We just finished Ephesians uh, a few weeks ago, but we really felt that God was prompting us, and part of it was this movie called The War Room. Anyone see that? Uh, No? You should go see it or rent it soon. And and In the War Room is just a powerful movie uh, uh, and and, and a great illustration about the power of prayer. And so what we've done is really, for the first time in Church Project, is we've taken a pause from going directly into another book and say, we're going to look at prayer. We're going to study prayer. And what we've been doing as we've been looking at prayer and studying with prayer is we've taken the Lord's Prayer, also known as the Disciples' Prayer. You know, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, teach us how to pray Jesus, and he goes, this is how you pray, and a lot of us, we, we may know this prayer, and so I want to read it for us, and then we're going to look specifically at verse 11 today, so let's read Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read verses 9 through 13. It says this, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What a beautiful prayer. It's in a lot of our songs that we sing. It's in a lot of liturgical chants and churches coming together and and saying these words together in unison of of how to pray. But when we look at this this prayer, it's a great model for our own personal prayer life. It's good to go and actually say this prayer word for word, that's a, that's a great thing, but I think what Jesus is showing us here is he's saying, here's a model of how to pray. It's not necessarily word for word how you should pray, but this should be the context of your prayer. And so as we look at it, starting in verse 9, we, we, we've looked the last couple weeks, and the, the first week we looked at Father, you know, it starts out and says, our Father in heaven. What a truth that is we begin our prayers and we say, Father, it's who he is in our life. And when we begin to talk to God in our own words, and we can say, Father, who you are in my life, like you are set apart. That's the second part of the prayer, says, hallow it. And it's a request, God, please make your name be known in my life and the world at large. So, Father, who you are, please let your name be known, set apart in my life and in this world. And we start out our prayer like this. And last week, we looked at your kingdom be come and your will be done. And to be honest, I hope God's kingdom and will be done in my life, not the will of Aaron Havens. I mean, that's, that's going to fail on its face drastically and miserably. And so as, as we enter into this prayer, my prayer for my life and our prayer for our church is, God, may your kingdom come and God, may your will be done. It's about you and not about us. And when we begin to start our prayers like this, and we begin to pray the way that God has taught us to pray, we begin to put our own words to this, this formula, the way that God said it, and it comes alive in us. When we start out our day saying, God, Father, you, would you please let your name be known, set apart in my life, and it may be your will, not my will, and we start our prayers like that, we're saying from the very beginning, it's about you, God, it's not about us. So the disciples were smart asking Jesus as they witness Jesus walking in the earth. Jesus, please teach us to pray the way that you pray. Because when you pray, heaven and earth moves. When you pray, things happen. And so Jesus, please teach us to pray the the way that you pray. Church, this prayer has been around for a long time. We stand on the shoulders of giants, of of men and women, um, gospel-believing men and women that have come before us and prayed this prayer. Prayed it in moments of complete desperation when they knew what not to do in their life. When things were just in a complete dark spot. They've prayed it when they wake up when they're going to bed. Think about how many people have prayed this prayer and used this prayer as a model for their own words in their life. So when I enter this prayer, I enter it just humbly. I enter it in awe, going, God, what power there is in who you are So we look at this prayer, and so far what we've done in verses 9, 10, is we've we've really, um, we've focused on who God is. And then this prayer kind of makes a change right here in verse 11, or yeah, in verse 11. It says, give us today our daily prayer. Notice it was about God, His kingdom, His will in our life. And then we get to verse 11, and it says, give us today our daily bread. Give. If you look at this word in the Greek, it means to freely transfer the possession of. And so we're asking God, we're saying, God, give, freely transfer the possession of. You own everything. This world was created by you. It's from you. It's for you. And God, when we come to you in our prayer and we say give, what we're asking is, God, will you freely transfer the possession of? It's already in your wheelhouse. You already own this thing that I come to you with. It's not like God has to go and conjure up something, make something from scratch, somehow scramble trying to make your prayer request answered. No, we're going to him and saying, God, freely give us what you already own. You're the author and the creator of everything small in the cosmos as large as we know. God, give us freely what you already own. So it says, give us today our daily bread. The bread in the same Greek tense refers to the general nourishment for today. And so we're going to God, and we're saying, God, please give us what you already own, our general nourishment for today. It's a good way to think of this prayer, and then we look at today. So give us today our daily bread. Well, I got today and bread backwards. Sorry, you, you follow, right? You're smart people, you follow. Today, we, we, in America, this is a hard one for us, typically, for most of us. Uh, um, I, I can say that because we, we have... I don't know what to call them, a sister church. We have a church project in Haiti that we've been, we've been um, giving our, our ties, ministry partnership, giving our ties toward to build a, a, a church project in Bouchouin, in middle of nowhere, in Haiti. And, and we're paying for Pastor Edrick to be the pastor and the principal there. Just, just our little church right here. And if you've, if you've gone on our trip, you know to get to Bouchouin, you have to leave Capetia in a truck that might break down. And you think, you know, we just talked about one of our girls in the orphanage there got hit by a motorcycle and her legs broken and she's getting surgery and all that. Well, well, yeah, it should probably happen every five seconds in Haiti. The way they drive is insane. and so. You get in this, this little vehicle, and you start going through four-wheel drive roads, and literally on the way to Bushwin, where, where we've built this church building and school, you pass a voodoo temple, and as we pass this voodoo temple, there's the witch doctors, or whatever they are, out there casting spells on us with all their little paraphernalia of hanging goat heads and whatever they've got going on, and so we go into these dark, dark places, and we go to Bushwin and church, what we're saying right there is, let your will be done in this place. And when you go to that place, and, and I hope all of us end up physically in that place, by the way. In March, we're taking a trip to Haiti. So when you, when you, like how I said, when you, subtle, right? When you and I land in Bushwin together here in March or summer or ongoing, we're going to have ongoing relationships, you will notice that it's a place that doesn't have a lot of money. You will notice that it's a place where when you're praying this prayer, Pastor Edrick and the people of his church are praying this prayer, and the prayer being, God, give us today, literally today, I'm not (laughs) worried about tomorrow. I'm worried about living today. Like, I'm worried about the, the, the general nourishment of my body for today, and as Americans, sometimes that's hard to think. We think, this year, I might lose my job, and I might not have enough money in my savings to make it through six months. Little different mindset. I don't know that either is is more valuable than the other, or I don't know, but I do know this. When you're in Haiti and you pray, God, give me today my daily prayer in Bouchouin, in middle of nowhere, you literally mean, God, I'm hanging on you for my nourishment today, my physical nourishment. I'm not even asking for a PlayStation, as awesome as those would be. So when we pray this prayer, it's a powerful prayer. Because it puts God in the place of being number one and the central focus of our life. Not us and not how hard we work. And not what we've done to earn the paycheck. Not about how glorious our savings account or 401k may be. Or all this wonderful stuff that we have. But it puts God in the place. It's not bad having a 401k savings and all this stuff. We should. We should work. We should save. Um, Bill has been leading us through um, Financial Peace University. And thank you for doing that. Because there's so much power. in the way when we begin to use the money and the resources that God has given us. We can bless the world. We can do so much. So, Bill, thank you for leading that class. We'll be doing another one coming up. So, it's not wrong to have money, but it is wrong to think that you earned that money. I'll let that sit. God is the sustainer of everything that we know. This breath is a gift to you and me. And I thank God for this very breath. And when we enter into this prayer and we say, give us today our daily bread, we're saying, God, I'm relying on you for my general nourishment. This breath, the money, the bread in my my stomach, I'm relying on you for everything, God. Regardless of whether we have a loaf to spare or we're desperately leaning for our next taste. This is a heart condition. It's a mind condition. And church, I want to ask you, When was the last time you went to God in prayer and you started even in this model and said, Father, it's you. May your name be set apart. May you be hallowed and may your kingdom become in in my life and in this world. And God, give me today my daily bread. Let me give you credit and glory and cling to you for everything. There's few times in my life when this has really uh, meant more than normal to me. One was living in Houston, and a hurricane was supposed to hit Houston. And it was just shortly after Katrina. And so Houston started freaking out. And, and everyone said, evacuate, evacuate. And so all of Houston going north on I-45, I, I think is the interstate. I get confused. I've lived on 25, 35, and 45. So I'm confused. So every, all of Houston going north. And I remember going to a, 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 a grocery store and, and walking into the grocery store. And my stomach just dropped. My heart just dropped. I'm like, where's all the food? Uh, There's a lot of ice cream, (laughs) a ton of ice cream, but there was nothing else, and I had that moment, I don't know if you've ever had this moment where it's like, God, when the food at my house runs out, we're done, and that moment of just, oh my, all of society, everything that we know is hanging on you, God, God. By just a, a, a not even a mandatory evacuation of Houston, suddenly I was very concerned. As soon as my food runs out, I'm done. I'm over with. I can't provide. What am I going to do? And so my prayer was a little more intense that day of God, give me today my daily bread. All of this hangs on the balance of God and who He is. And church is a very proud woman, very proud man that says, I deserve this. And it's because of my great talent, my hard work, that I live in the house I live in. I have the car that I drive, and I eat what I eat when I do it. I go on vacation. It's a very proud person that doesn't say, God, thank you for your mighty blessings in my life. And it's only because of you. Church, what does your prayers look like? So when we look at this, and we make the switch in this prayer— You know, we said who God is, and then we get to verse 11, and some of us, when we pray this, give us today our daily uh, bread, we we tend to either too quickly get through the first part of the prayer, and be like, God, thank you for who you are, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and God, give me today my daily bread. And you begin to go through a checklist of just like, God, give me this, and I want this, and I need this. and, And so we too quickly get through the first part of it. Or there's the other side of us. And we try not to to just disturb God Almighty with our prayer requests. And God is is sitting there, and and he's saying, listen, I love you. Where God guides, God provides. I know, that's cheesy, right? I love to say that, though. Because in your life, where God is guiding you and what he's going to do for you, he will provide for you. Pastor Edrick was guided to start a church in the middle of Bushwin, and God is providing for his needs. Young life, God is providing for your needs. Hopefully more and more. Give to young life. Uh, All of us, like God is providing for our needs. And I thank God for that. I have a notebook full of ways that that I've been keeping since the time we started Church Project four years ago of how pulling in with very little money, going, God, what are you going to do? And I've just started taking log of ways that God has blessed us And He's provided for us and He's given us our daily bread and church. What a powerful tool. If you can get your own notebook and start saying, God, thank you for this. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for for providing my daily bread today. It's a remembrance as we go back and we read through how God has provided for us. Yet some of us We come across hard times, and we may be in hard times right now, things that we're worried about or stressed out about, and we almost get into this self-pity party of, oh, woe is me, and I don't know what God's going to do, and and we're staying up late at night, worried, like seriously, seriously worried, and yet we don't go to God in prayer because we don't want to disturb God Almighty. So some of us, we either approach this too quickly, and we go, God, thank you for who you are, and we got a list of things we're going to ask Him for, Some of us, though, we may spend a lot of time on who God is and go, but I don't want to disturb you, God, with my prayer requests. That's not the daddy I know. That's not the God that I know. We pray to God and we say, God, Father, who you are, you're set apart. May your name and your will be done. And now daddy is looking at us and he's saying, "What, what is it? And he's given us permission. Jesus has said, do this. Ask God for things. It's okay to ask God for things. Our daddy loves to give generously to those who ask. What are you asking God for? Asking God that his will would be done in your life. And and as we get to know God more and more, then he begins to sanctify us and grow us to be more like him. And our prayers get to be more like his heart. And we begin to pray for things that are maybe a little more noble than just, God, give me that new iPhone. That could be a valid prayer as well. I'm not knocking that. But we begin to move our heart in sync with God, and our prayer becomes to become His prayer and the things that He is looking for and longing for for this world. I think it's, it's neat that um, this the founder of Young Life that you showed, I don't, I don't remember his name, Jim Rayburn, um, is a lot like Grandpa, who... In March, by the way, we'll give his his final message after he turns 90. That's pretty powerful. Um, If you sit with a a man or woman that has known God for a long time, their words just get very simple. To say it's about Jesus, and I want people to know Jesus. After thousands of messages from him, from Grandpa, it's about Jesus and having a relationship with Him. And they've come to know this because they know that their daddy is there, loving along the way. And Jesus, that we read about in the Bible, the, the Psalms, it's in twenty-four, one says, "The earth and the is the Lord's, and everything in it, and the world, everything in it, the world, and all who live in it belong to the Lord." So why would we not ask our father, our daddy, for things? Just go and ask him, "I have a birthday coming up and Christmas coming up. You better believe my family knows what I want <laughs> and that 's okay that's okay. Ask your kids for things too, huh. Uh, Psalms Psalms 87.7 says, All my springs are in you, as the psalmist writes and says, All my springs are in you, God, the Father, sustainer of my life, who gives me every piece of bread, everything in my life. You provide for me. Listen. Nobody getting chased down by a massive army, trapped by all sides and one side by a sea, and then suddenly watching water split and they walk through dry ground and get on the other side and then the army that was chasing them try to follow them and the water crush and destroy them. Nobody that goes through that would ever say, don't ask God for things. I mean, they were at their end. The, they were, the Israelites were at their end being chased down and God opened up water and opened up and said, I will move heaven and earth for you, my child, because I have greatness for you. Your name will be known because you represent me and my my name be known throughout the nations and I will let you walk on dry gown if I need to. Are we approaching God like he will actually provide for our needs and the things that we're asking him? Or do we think God's transcendent, far off, not caring about who we are? Oh, church, if we get this, we begin to approach God in our prayers as a daddy saying, Daddy, I honestly... I need this in my life. I ask you for this. I ask you for healing in my life. I ask for your provision in my life. I ask you to move the sea in my life. I don't know what you're going to do, but may your name be known in this. Amen, church? With that, we're going to shake it up. We're going to brag on daddy today. We all have breath. So here's the first thing that we can brag on daddy for. My daddy gives me breath. Right? Check your neighbor, make sure they're alive. Maybe they can't say that. I think we can all start right there. And even if you've come in this place and and you say, you know what, I'm just here checking it out, I'm not sure who God is, that's fine. You can still say, I have breath. And I would pose to you and ask the question, where does that breath come from? Who sustains your life? Today what we're going to do is we're going to do things differently. We're going to turn this into a dialogue and not a monologue. And it's going to be awesome. So what we're going to do is literally I would like you to form groups. And we go ahead. Let's stand up. I know. Weird. It's going to be awesome. So, everyone, stand up. We're going to form groups. We're going to form groups of no more than six of people right around you. So you have about seven seconds to form a group of six people. Ready? Go. You can move your chairs. Go ahead and move your chairs. What we're going to do is this. Is there's power when we get to interact with each other, and I think there's going to be incredible power within our groups right now, whether we're standing or sitting, Um, how has your father, how has God provided for you, and everyone has a way to say that God has provided for them, that is our breath, how has God, your father, provided for you, and quite honestly, what are some requests that you have in your life right now? And I would like us to, instead of talk about the power of prayer, let's do it. And so in this group right now, how has God provided for you? And what are some very small, big, huge requests that we can pray over each other literally right now in this place? Because I believe that the the power of Satan wants to put chains over us, put chains over our hearts, over our minds, and over our words, and say that God just won't move and people don't care. Oh, no. People do care. It's the body of Christ, and prayer moves the heart of God. And so, church, let's pray over the needs in the group in this place right now. So go ahead. How has God provided for you, and how can we pray for each other?